0: All the help I can get. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. So we're excited for that. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are so excited that the Lord has given us an opportunity to share the Word of God with you. So that's what we're going to do. Are you ready? Amen. Well, we're going to just share a couple things. If you need your hand, if you need a handout of the actual lesson, put your hand up. The ushers, if you put them up, hold them up high, they're going to go ahead and make their way towards you. We're so glad that you're here. And we consider it truly an honor and a privilege to be able to stand before you tonight in the pastor's absence. They are doing well. They are out ministering, and they send their regards, of course. So we're just so excited about that, and we thank God. Amen? Amen. Well, we have a couple of um, stories we would like to share with you. I'm going to let Betty go first, and then we'll go from there. How about that? Right,
1: because I have a better story.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: Woo! Says, a man left work one Friday afternoon, but instead of going home, he stayed out the entire weekend fishing with the boys and spending his entire paycheck. When he finally appeared at home Sunday night, he was confronted by his very angry wife and was barraged for nearly two hours with a tirade of of his actions. Finally, His wife stopped nagging and simply said to him, how would you like it if you didn't see me for two or three days? Hmm. To which he replied, that would be fine with me. Monday night, Monday went by and he didn't see his wife. Tuesday and Wednesday came and went with the same results. On Thursday, the swelling went down just enough where he could see her a little out of the corner of his left eye.
0: <laughs> man. Wow. That's, uh, that's kind of rough there. That's a little rough there, <laughs> Well, I have one, so let me go ahead and tell this one. At a convention with their wives, two businessmen who had been roommates in college, I mean, they crossed paths. And you know what happened. I mean, they sat up all night and, you know, they're in the lobby and they're talking and things of that nature. They knew, though, that when they went back to their rooms that uh, they would be in trouble with their wives. So the next day they happened to see each other and one of them asked him, he said, hey, what did your wife think? What did your wife say? And he said, man, I walked in the door and my wife got historical. He said, historical? Don't you mean hysterical? He said, no, historical. She told me everything I ever did wrong. Mm -hmm. I Listen, Have you ever met those people? I mean, the ones who seem to rehash the past forever, the ones who seem to live in the memories that that more than in the the present, the ones who can't seem to get past some issues, some hang-up, some roadblock in their past, as if they're chained to something years ago. Wow. Well, the title of our message tonight is this. Drop your rocks and empty your pockets too. Isn't that often? Awesome? Glory <laughs> to God. So what we're going to talk about tonight is really the subject of forgiveness or, we with, or tying it in with unforgiveness and how important it is because, you see, we believe that, that the Word of God stresses that there's life-giving flow and that there's grace along this area of walking in the forgiveness of God. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Amen?
1: The emphasis we want to do tonight is that forgiveness is unmerited. That you can't earn forgiveness, there's nothing you can do to, to make someone forgive you, but it's unmerited.
0: You know, and, and as we're sharing this with each other, we've come to realize this, this very fact, that forgiveness requires an attitude of grace, and it requires an attitude of mercy. Think about it. Think about this. It's undeserved. In other words, there's nothing that you and I can ever do to deserve forgiveness. There isn't. You see, it's undeserved. It's unmerited. It's freely given away. So it's just like you and I. I mean, come on. How many have given your heart to the Lord? Come on. How many have said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life? Do you know what? None of us deserve that. But you know what? Because of his love and his forgiveness, he extended it towards us, and we simply received it. So just think about it. You know, maybe there's someone in your life, or maybe you've offended someone, and you know what? They're like, man, I need to forgive that person, or you realize I need to forgive that person. You're thinking, well, if they act right, I'll forgive them. If they if they do this, I'll forgive them. Listen, there's nothing they can ever do to earn your forgiveness.
1: That's right.
0: So since there's nothing they can ever do, just forgive them. Hello, just okay. forgive them. And this we're gonna, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Okay. Oh, my oh, was my part. My mm-hmm. turn. Okay. Listen. Understand this, dropping your rocks in your notes. Dropping your rocks is an action. In other words, it's an action. It's something that you have to do. If you have a rock in your hand, and I'm not asking you to pick up rocks and throw them right now, but I'm at, what I'm saying is, if you have a rock in your hand, and, and this rock is really symbolizes an offense. Someone has offended you. I mean, you're upset, you're mad, and it's in your hand. And you know what you want to do, man? You want to throw that rock at him. Come on now. Don't look all spiritual. You know you've been there before. Oh, man, i like to hit him with this rock. You know you can't do that. You have to drop your rock. The other thing, you've got to do this. Listen, you have to do this. See, dropping your rocks is an action, but emptying your pockets is an attitude. Oh, it's an attitude. You say, what do you mean it's an attitude? What do you think when you see that person? Hmm... Oh, I forgive you that all of a sudden they come down the road or you see them passing by. They wave and you just keep on going. You don't look at them. Come on now, that's attitude. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. See, I'm stepping on my toes too. Or how about, you know, you're in the grocery store. Oh, man, I tell you what, something has happened either way, right? All of a sudden, I don't know what, what took place, but, man, they're coming down the same aisle. You see them coming. You come right around that corner. You go, oh, man, you back up and go the other way. That's attitude. See, that's attitude. But see, we say, well, I forgave them. What's the empty in our pockets is, listen, my attitude is also change. That's changed.
1: Amen. When he was saying that about the grocery store, it made me think about sometimes you, you find yourself on the pet aisle and you don't even have a pet. Just oh. <laughs> trying to avoid people because you don't want to see them because you know that there's unforgiveness between the two of you. You know, forgiveness exists on two main levels forgiveness from God to us. And forgiveness from
0: us to others. And, and be honest with you, you, know most of us, we rejoice at the first. I mean, come on, think about it. Lord, you forgave me. Man, I'm excited about that. We rejoice. But what happens is, some, for some reason, we stumble on the second. We stumble because we realize, yes, Lord, you forgave me, but I've got to forgive him. I've got to forgive her. And somehow we just keep tripping over that process. But it's so easy for us to accept and to embrace the fact, Lord, you forgave me. And that's what... Forgiveness is all about, remember, it's unmerited. There's nothing that any of us can ever do to deserve it. That's right. It's grace. It's a work of grace. Grace is unmerited. So, you know, whatever's happened, let's say, guys, I mean, you messed up. Maybe you're one of these guys that was in the hotel, man, up all night. Your wife says, okay, this is what you're going to do. go buy me some flowers. Well, that's nice, but you know what? That doesn't earn their forgiveness. Buy me a box of chocolate. That doesn't earn their forgiveness. Go buy me a car. That still doesn't earn their forgiveness. Hello, It would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what can happen? Because, listen, if they don't change their attitude, man, next time something else happens, thank you for the car, but you know what? I got a rock in my hand. Come on now, you see what I'm saying? We have to forgive. We have to forgive and understand this, that it, it is not deserved. It is unmerited. So, but we're troubled. For some reason... Think about this. We're troubled. Lord, I've got to forgive them. Why is that? And I'm asking you, we're asking you tonight to, to think on that because we need to forgive others as we have been forgiven. We have been freely forgiven, therefore we should freely forgive. Isn't that right? Okay. Unforgiveness is so subtle in your notes. Unforgiveness is so subtle. In fact, not only that, it's, it's so sneaky and if we don't watch unforgiveness, this is what happens. It divides our churches. It divides our families. It divides our marriages and our friendships and even our nation. Amen. This is how subtle and sneaky that unforgiveness is.
1: God says, repent. Be sorry for what you've done and be willing to correct to correct it and the debt gets erased. You know, Psalms one oh three twelve says, that as far as the east is from the west, so far as God removed our transgressions. You know that, that God doesn't, when we ask God to forgive us, he just forgives us. I mean, he, he, we don't work for it. Sometimes, you know, we, we, as Maurice has been saying, we don't even deserve it. But he just simply forgives us. You know, it's, it's so nice to know that God's not sitting in heaven with the angels, uh, writing, and, writing down, Well, you know, that is the 10th time today. Maurice has had to say, I'm sorry to Betty.
0: (laughs) But I've said it several times. I say it all the time. I do. But
1: he just forgives us. And we, we should be imitators of Christ. It's the same way that he forgives us. Forgive people who offend us.
0: That's right. It gets erased. In your notes it says it gets erased. So it's just like that. Why is that? Why does that happen? Let me tell you, because it's called grace. It's called mercy. It's called forgiveness. That's why.
1: We want to just look at some examples of forgiveness and the lack of forgiveness. We want to turn through John 8. We're going to look at verses uh, 1 through 11. But for time's sake, we're not going to read all, so I'm just going to tell you part of what's happening here. Is this? The Pharisees had caught a woman in adultery, and and they had brought her to Jesus. I find it interesting that you don't commit adultery by yourself. Where is the man? Yeah. You know, where's the man? Where, was, where the man? was the man? You know, but they only brought the woman, and uh, don't start. Now. <laughs>
0: stay with, stay with the Bible. My, <laughs> don't be adding to it. Say, so don't add to it. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: So uh, when he had, when they brought the woman that was caught in adultery to Jesus, they were really trying to trap Jesus. Because they were asking him, they were telling him, well, Moses said that she should be stoned. Mm. So Jesus, what do you say? But Jesus was so wise that he didn't bother to answer. He just stooped down on the ground and started writing with his finger. And we're going to pick up at verse 8, I mean, verse 7, 8, 7. It says, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, Let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw no one but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Yes. Go and sin no more.
0: Amen.
1: You know, it's, I think it's interesting how the word says that from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped their rocks. I always say it was because the old ones had lived longer and had committed more sin, but that's not necessarily so but how each one dropped their rocks and Mm -hmm. left. Because Jesus said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And none of us really have a right to cast a rock. There's no one in here who can say that I can cast that first stone. Because we've all done things against God, against our friends, against our family, sometimes even against our own mates. Every single one of us. So when Jesus did it, Jesus forgave the woman and condemned the sin. If you notice that Jesus said, I don't condemn the woman, I condemn the act. And sometimes with forgiveness, we don't like what happened to us, but you still have to forgive the person. amen. Regardless of what they've done. Now, I'm not telling you to be a doormat because we're not called to be doormats. But you have to forgive the person, even if you don't like the act that was done to you.
0: You have to forgive them. You see, and what's so neat about this, that forgiveness did not come cheap. It was very expensive. Think about this, that from the very beginning of time, when man sinned, God the Father knew what was going to take place. And see, and then can you imagine, here is Jesus speaking to this woman who committed sin, and he knew that he was going to have to pay the ultimate price, which was going to be his life. You see, he did not sin, not at all, but he forgave her. He gave, forgave her just like the Lord forgave us yes. of our sin. Yes. And what's so neat about, about forgiving people is the fact that we understand this, that, listen, I want that person to be set free. I don't want to hold that person in bondage, and I don't want to be held in bondage. Because if that's the case, then, therefore, the Lord would have never forgiven any of us. And because he has forgiven us, and that means we have a right to go on and to live unto God. Amen? Amen. I said to live unto God. So it's so important that we understand that. And then you see, God gave his son for us, to us, so that you and I could have a second chance. And I want to say to you tonight that he is not only the God of a second chance, But the third chance, the fourth chance, the fifth chance, come on now. Whatever you need, God is a God of the second, third, fourth, and fifth chance. And it's so neat because we understand this, that in John 1, 14, you don't have to turn there, it's not in your notes, but write this down. It said this, that Jesus came to us full of grace and full of truth. It's a work of grace. Say grace. Say it one more time, Grace. grace. See, we understand that grace is unmerited. So, you know what? You may have gotten in an argument last night. You may have done something. You may have been on a job today. Someone said something to you. Somebody looked at you crossways. It doesn't make a difference because here's our responsibility is to do what God has asked us to do. We forgive. How do we forgive? Freely. Say freely.
2: Amen.
0: You see? Because we have been freely forgiven.
2: Amen.
0: And it's so important that we understand that. Well, look in your Bibles at Matthew 18... Matthew eighteen thirty one. I want to look at another example of, of forgiveness. This, was, this is the story about the unmerciful servant. The unmerciful servant. We're going to look at uh, Matthew 18 and verses 31 to, 30, to 35. And I find this so interesting that um, here's a situation of a man who, who was working for another man and had a debt, a debt that, that he owed, and it was quite a large debt. And was so large that this man came collecting. He said, Hey, where's my money? Now, let's pick up here as we begin to look in Matthew eighteen, uh, verse thirty one. See, I'm turning there for some reason. My uh, Bob, did you do that? Betty? With my okay. Matthew eighteen. No, right Let me there. stand over here. Okay. Matthew eighteen, <laughs> uh, thirty one to thirty five. You know, I really need to take my glasses off to see. I know the mic is up. We can turn me down, guys, because As I look down, you can just crank me down. I can get louder if I need to. Okay, here we go. Listen to this. This is Matthew 18, 31 to 35. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. Let's back up. Let's do this. Back up to verse 27. Here's a situation. As I said, this man... Old this fellow a talent a talent of gold. Listen, it's twenty nine. Check this out. It's twenty nine thousand dollars and eighty five cents. Hmm. Talent. Okay. Go. Oh, wait. A minute. One. That's one talent of gold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But see, he owed him ten thousand talents. Ten thousand talents. One talent of gold is twenty nine thousand eight and dollars. Okay. Thank you. She's helping me out. Praise the Lord. I told you I need her help. That's equivalent to several, listen, several million of dollars. Because if you multiply that by ten, it is actually two hundred and ninety million 850, dollars. 859000 dollars. Hello? It's two hundred and ninety million million. Multiply ten. Multiply it by ten. Okay? Eight hundred and fifty nine thousand. Now, listen. Ten Thousand talents check this out. So here's what happened. He goes to his master and says I can't pay it I mean, there's nothing that I can do to pay it and this master said listen He said Listen, I'm gonna have compassion upon you. I'm gonna forgive you I'm gonna release you of that debt and a release you of that debt What would have happened was he should have thrown him in jail. He didn't throw him in jail He said okay. I forgive you. I'll release you of that debt man. He was so happy Can you imagine if you owed somebody all that money? What you would be doing, man, you'd be begging for some mercy. Isn't that right? Come on now. See? And so what happened was is he said, okay, I have compassion. I'll forgive you. Do you know that this man got up and he had someone working for him? And the Bible says here, as we go on and read, let's pick up right here in verse uh, 31. It says right here, so when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. What did he do? Let me tell you what he did. His servant owed him a hundred pence, with his one pence equals seventeen cents. Now listen, a hundred pence is seventeen dollars. Think about that, seventeen dollars. You know what he said? You know what he did? He said, "I'm not going to forgive you of that debt. I'm throwing you in jail." And you know what? Until you pay it, you ain't getting out. Oh my goodness! Look at what happened here. Verse thirty-one. It says, so when his fellow servants saw what was done, they, they were very sorry, he came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord after that had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desires me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I have pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Verse 35 says this. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts... Say hearts. Say hearts. Say hearts. hearts. See, from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. You see, we have to forgive from our hearts, not just from our heads. You see, because if you're only forgiving from your head, then what happens is this. When you see that person, you're going to remember. And when you remember guess what? You're going to hold it against them. But when you forgive them from your heart, you're releasing them. And then when you release them, you let it go. You don't bring it back up again. Amen? And that's what happens along those lines.
1: Go ahead. Okay, if you, uh, verse 34 talks about unforgiveness like a prison. And then verse 35 talks about the importance as Maurice was just saying, about forgiving from the heart. You know, when we hold unforgiveness about people, against people... Not only are they in prison, but we're in prison. You know, uh, to give an example, have you ever been invited to a family reunion? And somebody that, you know, you have unforgiveness toward is going to be there? What's the first thing you say? If they're there, I ain't going. You know, if Aunt Ethel is going to be there, I am not going. Because you know what she did to me?
0: And looking for Fred and, of course, looking for Lucy and everybody else, you know, <laughs> unethical. But go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. But, you
1: know, that holds that person in, in, in a prison. And it holds you in prison because it cuts their fellowship off and it cuts your fellowship off Yes. from your family. You know, and it says, as Maurice is saying, about how we should forgive from the heart. When I think about forgiving from the heart, I think about that you let the anger go. Mm. Because most of the time, with unforgiveness comes anger. You're mad. And you're going to stay mad. You know, before, uh, before I got saved, that was one of the first things God delivered me from. Because I, would, I was a grudge holder. You know, uh, if I got mad at you, my, my, my mom used to, my, my mom and dad, we went rounds. Because if you were at my mom and dad's house and I was, had cut you off, I would walk in the room, and and far far, for me, you did not exist. I could walk right past you, and never see you, because that was my attitude—that I was a grudge holder. Mm. But you know, when, when when I got saved, that was the first thing God dealt with me about: is that you cannot do that. Amen. You cannot hold anger and unforgiveness because really it hurts me. You know. Sometimes people, you're you're holding unforgiveness toward people and they don't even know it and they're going about their merry way. And you're sitting around miserable because you refuse to let things go. You know, unforgiveness carries more than just emotion. It involves our thinking. We must change our thinking to change our emotions. About, um, it's been a few years ago, uh, we were we were friends with this guy. He was a car mechanic, and our car broke down, and we needed a uh, oil pump. And he was really good friends with us. We ate Thanksgiving dinner with him and his wife, and, and so times. yeah. And so when he uh, said, "Well, I'll fix your car," and that way you don't have to put it in the shop and pay that mechanic's fee, 'cause you know the part costs three dollars and the labor costs a hundred, you know and that's just a carry you Charles. know <laughs> but you know that's no. true but uh, anyway <laughs>
0: sorry Charles you do that
1: but anyway he told us he would fix our car and and uh, all we would have to do is pay him for buying the oil pump and you know minimum for, for labor so we told him okay you know that sounded good so he came and picked up our car and and uh, fixed it and brought us the receipts and where he had worked on it and stuff, and and so we paid him. Well, we were all excited because we didn't have to pay that much money, and this was a brother in Christ, we went to the same church. As I said, we ate dinner together. So I'm all excited. I called Maurice and said, Al, brought the car back. So Maurice came home, got in the car, backed out of the driveway, got a half a block, the motor seized. So, you know, he gets out of the car, and he was with another guy, and they pushed the car back up the street and pushed it into our garage. So I'm like, well, what are we going to do? You know, first of all, we didn't know what's wrong with it. You are looking at two very pitiful people when it comes to entry. I'm getting better. <laughs> we didn't know what was wrong with it. All we know the car wouldn't start, you know. So, That's right. So we called Al, and we said, Al, uh, something happened to the car. You know, it, it won't do nothing. And so he said, well, you know, I'll be over. And so a couple of days later, he came over. And the car, couple as days, I said, a couple of days, couple of days uh, he came on over. And as I said, the car was in the garage, and he went to work. Al took our whole motor apart. So all the pieces of our motor are laying on the garage floor, our garage floor in our house. And I'm thinking, you know, okay. You know, I kept looking out thinking a lot of pieces out there on the, on the garage floor. But I figured, well, he's a mechanic. He knows what he's doing. I'm not going to question, you know, just believe God for the best. Amen. Well, about, he worked about all day, and he knocks on our door, and nobody's home with me. And he looks at me, and he said, you know what? I can't fix y'all car. I don't know what's wrong with it. turned around, got in his car, and left.
0: So the motor's on on the garage. So it's
1: with the motor. On the floor. On the floor.
0: Okay, gross floor. Okay. So what'd you do? You could
1: have fried an egg on my forehead. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you talk about me. I got I on the phone, I called Maurice, I said, You will not believe what Al just did. And I, I told him and he said, you know, you gotta calm down first because I mean I was steaming. And so he said, You gotta calm down. And I said, well, I don't want to calm down. I am mad. You know, I said, this man been eating my food. <laughs> you know, the first thing you think is all the things you've ever done with him. And, and he had the nerve to leave my motor laying on the, on the garage floor. So Maurice said, well, I'm going to come home. So he came home and he said, uh,
0: like I was going to fix it. you understand?" No,
1: he came home to fix me because his wife go. was flipping. So, <laughs> so he said, uh, first thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to forgive him. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he said, no, you are going to have to forgive him because you're going to, this was a Saturday, because you're going to see him tomorrow at church. <laughs> like, well, if he come up to me, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and you know how you rehearse what you're going to say? You know, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to tell him this. And, and, but Maria said, no, Betty, you're going you're gonna to have to forgive him. So I said, finally, he would like, say, okay. It's going to take me a little bit, but okay. I'm going to forgive him. You know, whether what he did was right or wrong, mm-hmm. I'm going to forgive
0: him. That's a good point. Because what she said, whether what he did was either right or wrong, we still forgive. It's kind of like what Charles Spurgeon said in your notes. It says, Forgive and forget. When you bury a mad dog, don't leave his tail above the ground. <laughs> in other words, when you when you see that tail, what is it reminding you of? You understand what I mean? What we have to do is forgive. Let me share with you quickly a situation that happened with me. And here I am working at a ministry and we've got into a situation with a, a fellow coworker and uh, it was not good, it was ugly. And uh, what happened was there were some, some words that were, were exchanged that should never been exchanged. And, um, and I, was, I was quite surprised what was said. And I tried to, to go through the proper channels of, of you know, addressing the issue um, with, with, of course, those who are our boss and things. It was not a good situation, but I was not getting any kind of assistance. And then I'm, now I'm getting upset and I'm getting mad and hot. And every time I would, go and knock on the door to talk to leadership. This has just happened. I don't know why it happened that way, but it did. And it was like, well, you know, you just go ahead and, and, and just work that out. I'm thinking, I'm going to talk to you. You've got to give me some advice. You're, you're my leader. I know we all work together, but give me some advice. And, and at first I'm thinking, you know, he just doesn't want to get involved in it. And I'm thinking, that's not right. So guess what I, what I do then? I get mad at him because I'm not getting any help. Come on, don't look at me like that, you see. Some of you have probably been the same way. So I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? So I'm thinking, he's avoiding me. I'm already mad at this one person for what he said and actually wanted to fight. And for a moment, man, I said, well, let's go to the back. You know what I mean? This is, this is, hey, this is, whoa, it was not good. So what happened was, simply, what, what, what the, uh, the man was telling me is that I needed to go back and to forgive him. He said, listen, you two are involved in the matter. What you two need to do is to go back and handle it. So what he's saying, you know, what he's saying is, you want me to come in and help and resolve this, why don't you go and talk to him? I'm like, I don't want to talk to him. I think you need to be in the room, because if you're not in the room, something may happen. You know, I'm just being honest with you, which is not good, you see. But he said, you're going to have to go back and talk to him. Well, we did the right thing, went back and talked to him. And I said, wow. I said, Lord, look how long it took me, because it took me a few weeks. I said, it took me a few weeks. And I said, Lord, help me, because it shouldn't take me a few weeks. Are you listening? Regardless of what, because I felt like, listen, I had a right. I mean, he put his hands on me. I had a right. Are you kidding me? He's got to be fired, man. Let's get rid of him. Hello? See? Two weeks. And then I tell you what the Lord ministered to me and said, well, it took you a couple weeks, but what I wanted you to do was to forgive him freely. And he's right down the hall. Yeah. And every time we came, we came in the same building, I made sure I went another door. Isn't that sad? But it's true. That's what happened. I'm being real. None of you have never been there before, right? I know. Okay. See what I'm saying? But you know what I did? Went down, run down to his office. Now understand, this was done unto me. I went down to his office. Got it corrected. Asked him to forgive me. We got it straight, and we've been speaking ever since. But you know what? I'm saying, Lord, help me to be quick. Just like quick to repent, be quick to forgive. Yes. Yeah. Because, you see, if I wasn't quick to forgive, what was going to happen was I'm the one that was going to be in prison. I'm the one that built a self, you know, prison. And then every time I seen him, I would think of what he did to me Yes. Yeah. and how he hurt me. But you know what? Think about it. Every time we go to the Lord, what does he do? Does he understand. remember our sins? No, he forgave us. And what happens is the same way that he has forgiven you and I, we should be forgiving other people. We can't hold them in that prison. We're learning. I said we're learning. Amen. Amen. We're all learning. Praise God. Amen. All right.
1: Ephesians 4.32 in the Amplified Version is, is God's example of forgiveness. And it says, And become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. If our forgiveness toward others hinges on their response, we will ride an emotional roller coaster. Now, I'm going to finish the story about Al. Talk about
0: Al. Al's our buddy today. I just want you to know that. Sure enough,
1: that Sunday morning, I worked the information center then too. Here comes Al. Big smile on his face. Good morning, baby. And my first thought was, you, stole. What <laughs> you dog. What did you say? You dog. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I and I say.
1: had to, to change my thinking. Mm. Because Al never apologized. Never. He never even mentioned that he had left that car like that. Never came up. But, you know, at that time, we had made a choice to forgive. And forgiveness is a choice. And, you know, what I wanted to to, to finish the story is because we forgave Al, God was so faithful. Because this man and this woman that we did not even know, and how they heard about what happened to our car, we were talking about it last night, we don't know how they heard about what happened to our car. But they came to Maurice and they said, we are mechanics. The man and his wife are mechanics. And we're going to fix your car. And we're like, you know, your first instinct is like, we've been there and done that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you
0: know what you're doing? Okay.
1: (laughs) But you know, that man and and his wife, they said, um, God just put it on our heart to come fix your car. So we said, okay, you know, and they said, well, we we're, we're your cards, we, you know, we told them it was in our garage with the pieces laying all over. So they came, they said, well, we'll be over Saturday morning. True to their word, they came to our house that Saturday morning. And we found out things we did not like, such as Al had charged us for parts that he never bought.
0: Hey, did you let him go?
1: <laughs> and we had to let that go. Because my first then was like, "You owe me my money back." <laughs> but, but, he was uh, trying to
0: help us. That's what he was trying to do. Okay.
1: But, uh, but they showed us, you know, the parts, that, were, that he had went to a junkyard and, and just bought some parts, and what had happened was he had put this plastic thing in there to make the oil pump work, and the plastic had broke off and went in the oil pump in, in it and stopped the oil, and that's why our motor seized. But those people went in that garage. They put that car back together.
0: They told us, "Y'all go ahead, going back in the house."
1: See, they worked all that morning, mm-hmm. and they put it back together. And I went, and, you know, as I said, you know, I've been done that. I went out to there and looked to make sure wasn't nothing still laying on the floor.
0: <laughs> cleaned it up, cleaned the cleaned floor, the, up,
1: cleaned the motor. And so we were like, "What do we owe you?" And they said, oh, you can take us to dinner.
0: Just buy us dinner. Isn't that nice? Glory to God.
1: You know? But I believe in my heart that if we had not chosen to forgive Al, mm. that never would have happened for us. That mm. car would probably still be sitting in there in the garage with the parts all over.
0: Because I wouldn't have fixed it. I'm telling the truth of a matter. No, no, we would have
1: had, had parts left over. But God, but God was so yes. faithful. Yes, yes. <laughs> that because we chose to walk in forgiveness that opened the door mm. because we didn't wait on Al's response to see what Al was going to say or to wait on him to say I'm sorry but trusted God and That's he good. opened the door for us where someone else came in and fixed our car I think we gave him my. Like, Twenty-five dollars, fifty dollars. Because they, they, to want, we tried that. to give them more, but they wanted to go like somewhere like Furs, you know.
0: See, you know, you think you want to
1: buy somebody dinner, you want to send them at least Red Lobster, but they were like, ah, oh, we'll go to Furs. That's our favorite.
0: Thank you. And just went on and just left. You know that was real sweet. But see, the point is that Betty's making is this: that we cannot, you know, look at someone and wait for someone's response, because if we're waiting for their response you know what, you're never going to get it the way you want to get it. Hello, come on now. And if you're waiting, say, I'm going to to forgive you, and it's based on how you respond to me. You can't do that. We have to forgive them in advance. Remember, forgiveness is unmerited. I said it's unmerited. It's freely given. It's a work of grace. And we freely, what we do is we, we forgive. Remember the story dealing with, of course, a woman that was caught in sin. You see, what happened was that's what took place. Grace was expended unto her. Grace, what is grace? Well, grace in your notes is receiving what we do not deserve. We do not deserve forgiveness, but God still forgave us. Amen? Amen. See? And mercy is not receiving what we deserve. And I'm just so thankful. I know this. Man, you know what? If we deserve, we got what we deserve, we'd be in a mess. Hello? Yes. But there's someone that came that was mightier than us, greater than us, that took our sins. Amen. He forgave us. Amen. So that we can go on and enjoy the goodness of life. Well, also, also I want to share with you in your notes know, as time is getting away from us is this. Here's an example of God's nature. example of God's nature. Turning, well, it's in your notes. I'm going to say turn in your Bibles. But found in Colossians 3.13. You see, because what we must do is demonstrate to others the nature of God. Here's what it says in the New Living Translation. You must make allowance for each other. Others' faults. And forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others.
1: Here's Amen. a key mm-hmm. to forgiveness. Don't be a scorekeeper. Develop an attitude of grace. 1 Corinthians 13:5 says, Love keeps no score of wrongs. You know, we, the Word of God tells us that we're to forgive seven times seventy Really what that's telling us is unlimited, that we're always to forgive. We cannot keep score. You cannot, ladies, look at your husband and say, You know, you have done the same thing over and over because I remember last week you did this, last month you did this, two weeks ago you did this. Last and every month. time you said, I'm sorry. We cannot keep score. Because in turn, if we're honest, our husbands can look at us and say, yeah, and last month you did this. And last week you did this. And two weeks ago you did this. Because none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. So we can't keep score of, of, of things done to us that, that were wrong and wonder, when is that person going to tell me I'm sorry? An example is Stephen, one of the first deacons in the early church, was the first Christian martyr. We find in Acts 760, while Stephen was being stoned to death, he called upon God and said, lay not this sin to their charge.
0: I mean, isn't that amazing? Here's someone that, I mean, in the very act of being stoned to death. I mean, the love of God. How many have have ever been, been hit with a rock? You look on my forehead and see I ain't gonna tell you that story. But anyway, yeah, it's a funny story. But I'm gonna tell you the story anyway. We got a few minutes, man. I tell you what. Now I was coming up and telling the truth of the matter. I was a bully. I was just a bully. And there was this one kid I chased every day. I mean, I chased him every day. I don't know why. I just chased him every day. And I tell you what. Somebody got wise. His mom or daddy told him pick up a brick. And what you do, what you do is you just hit him with the brick. Well, of course, I found that after, after I got hit with the brick. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but let me tell you what happened. So I chased him. Man, I was giving him a hard time. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> look, I mean, I was, this is before Christ. Come on now. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to tell you the story yet. No, I'm just joking. So what happened was I ran. Man, I chased him down, got off my bike, and ran, ran it like in the, in the apartments, And he ran up there and he was hiding behind I mean, a spare case, man. I came out there. I said, "Huh?" He said, ha. Huh. Bam. Boy, he hit, man. He hit me in the head. I said, oh. I felt that and the blood was coming down. And, and I ran to my aunt and uncle, told him what happened. I said, I don't know what happened. I just got hit. I didn't tell him that I was chasing somebody and being a bully. Now, I don't know how I got on that, but I got hit with a brick. I can tell you that right now. I asked y'all how many got hit with a rock. Some of y'all hands went he up. Okay. He rock, all
1: right.
0: Okay. <laughs> Easy. But what I'm saying is think about Stephen. Now, can you imagine several stones? being thrown at him. And for him to look up and see the face of Jesus and to allow the love of God just to be pouring out of him and said, do not hold this to their charge, he forgave them even while he was being stoned. You know, when I think about Jesus, when he was on the cross, I mean, it was our sins. It was the things that we've done that put them on the cross. And then he he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. It's a spiritual force. And when we learn to forgive, what's going to happen is that that person is going to be set free from that prison that we've imposed upon them. But we also get set free from holding that person in bondage and not forgiving them.
1: Forgiveness releases us to be who we should be. Forgiveness releases us from the past. Forgiveness releases us from the wrongs we have done. And forgiveness releases us from the wrongs done to us. You know, I don't think there's anyone in here, in fact, I know there's no one in here that can say, I have lived my whole life with no regrets that I've never hurt anybody, I've never done wrong to anybody, I have just been perfect. Not one of us can say that. But sometimes with forgiveness, the hardest person to forgive is ourself. We can hold ourselves in such bondage because of wrong choices we've made, wrong relationships we've gotten ourselves into, wrong places that we've gone, wrong things we've done. But you know what? You can't go back and change something that's already happened. It's almost like uh, when people say things. You know, once you say something, it's out there. No matter how much you wish you could pull those words back, they're out there. All you can do is ask for forgiveness. All you can do is forgive yourself. Don't allow yourself to be a prisoner of your own unforgiveness. Because if God has forgiven us, then surely we can forgive ourselves.
0: So we understand this, that our task is not to try to forgive. We don't try to forgive. We forgive. You don't try. We just freely forgive. Because, see, forgiveness is freely given to us. And I'm glad. How about you? Amen. Are you glad? Amen. Listen, I also want to share this with you. It's so important that forgiveness, what it does, it opens the door to a new beginning. It does. It opens the door to a new beginning and another chance. I am so glad that the Lord has given me a second chance. How about you? Amen. The Lord has given me a second chance. Praise God. Now, what we want to do tonight, if you'll bow your heads with us, we're going to pray. And here's how we want to pray. We want to actually extend three invitations to you tonight. Because tonight you may have been sitting there in the congregation. I don't know. We don't know who you are. But, but the Word of God is ministered unto you, and you're like, Wow, Lord, you know, I need to be forgiven. I realize that, that within myself I've struggled. I've tried to do everything that I know to do, and I just can't seem to make it right. And I need to invite Jesus Christ into my life. I need to ask Him to forgive me of all of my sins, and then ask Jesus Christ to become my Savior and Lord. And if that's you tonight, we want to give you that invitation. We want to give you that opportunity. And what we'd like for you to do is simply raise your hand and say, that's me. I, I want to ask the Lord into my heart. I need to be forgiven.